0: This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Ostra's Tapas and Wine Bar. Are you looking to escape Ashland, Oregon and try something new? Ostra's Tapas and Wine Bar is the perfect spot that bridges Oregon and Spain with food and wine. They give you an experience to explore wines, cocktails, thoughtful dishes, and tapas that give you a taste of Spain with that familiar flavor of Oregon that you know and love. They use minimal, high-quality ingredients that deliver maximum flavor. And I actually work with Ostras, creating their photo and video content for their social media platforms. And every time I visit, I'm super impressed with the owner, Oliver. He's always walking around, not only talking to his customers, but also educating them on what they're eating and drinking. People absolutely love him. There's a really nice feeling of calm inside. They have really great music, and you get a lot of space around your table, which is super nice. They're open Thursday through Sunday from 5 p.m. It's a good idea to book a table through OpenTable. And if you have a group like a birthday or a holiday family get-together, be sure to call ahead and book those groups because this space and concept is perfect to bring people together safely. Next time you visit Ostras, mention the Ambitious podcast and get a complimentary wine flight with your dinner purchase. This episode is brought to you by Artifacts Fine Jewelry. If you haven't found unique jewelry and fine art in Southern Oregon, then you owe it to yourself to take that short drive to Ashland. You can witness for yourself what artifacts fine jewelry has to offer. They're a full service jewelry store, the type that you typically don't see anymore. It's really unique in there. They have a men's ring selection like you've never seen. They can custom make any ring or custom piece of jewelry that you can imagine. And with those custom projects, they offer videographies that you can see that ring all the way from conception to the wax process, to the carving process, to the very finished piece. Super, super nice, and I do that videography. Come into Artifacts and mention the Ambitious Podcast and get 10% off of your jewelry purchase. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Ellie George with HomeQuest Realty. If you're in the market for a home in Southern Oregon or thinking of selling your home, I've been working with Ellie George with her marketing and can testify that she is a true pro in the industry. She has an amazing passion for real estate. She's been practicing for over 16 years, sells over 120 homes a year, which is absolutely nuts compared to the average agent only selling about 8 When it comes to marketing, I've seen her go the extra mile to make sure her homes stand out and capture eyes nationwide, and to net the sellers way more money in the end. She and I work together a lot on her higher-end homes, creating videos that beautifully and thoroughly showcase the spaces, and I've absolutely loved working with her. Mention the Ambitious Podcast and get a no-cost, low-pressure consultation. She'll help you with your real estate portfolio, whether it's your first home, investment, move-up, or you just want to be constantly aware of your equity position. She's definitely who I would trust for my real estate advisor.
1: My name's Cody Porter. I'm 27 and I got issues.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Ambitious. We don't really know each other that well. We've, we've done like, we met at a photo shoot.
1: Yes. You took my picture the first time I met you. Yeah. Hey,
0: what's up? Snap. Yep. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Which that was, was fun. Though. It was funny though because we're both the type of person that's like weird in front of the camera yeah, alone. Very. So it's like you're taking pictures of me and I'm anxious about it, and you're like, I I understand.
0: So, but you do a lot of photo shoots with your wife.
1: Yeah. How well, do you get only that? only with her though?
0: Do you just visualize yourself as like her prop
1: or something? I mean, that's how it, it kind of is though. <laughs> if you do a shoot with like your wife or your girlfriend, you're like an extra prop. Well, that's what I tell her. I do. I mean, I get some solo pictures as well. Yeah but i'm like it's always like oh hug up on her and then you know turn away from the camera <laughs> <laughs> i swear that's <laughs> what it is oh every God. time that probably i mean
0: that is, i wouldn't i wouldn't like that i'm really into like equality
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's like i mean i get a lot of, i get my solo pictures too yeah but i feel like i really it really depends on the photographer though too cuz i get before every shoot I'm, like, anxious unless, like, when we work with you guys now, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. When we work with people that we've already shot with a bunch of times, I'm totally fine. Right. Unless it's a wedding one. Oh. Because I still have this thing, like, my my anxiousness is always there at a shoot. Yeah. But for whatever reason, when I put a tie on, I ha- I hate wearing ties.
0: It amplifies the anxiety. Yeah,
1: it really does. I get, like, this knot in my throat. And I'm just like I can't get past I will literally you'll see me like at a wedding shoot And I'll be like oh my hands are shaking
0: Wow yeah how do you manage your That anxiety
1: I have like my My ways I guess now that I just Know I, I will have a water bottle with me the whole time Because mm-hmm. I get that knot in my throat And I just feel like I need to like drink Something yeah and then hence The Red Bull yes today oh yeah I mean that's just I'm tired Yeah <laughs> Um, I have like that um, i always keep my nicotine on me oh yeah even in shoots i keep it in my back pocket so nobody can see in the pictures nice everybody's like empty your pockets i'm like no <laughs> <laughs> i'll empty i'll empty everything
0: except for my back pocket.
1: except for this yeah um and then like I, she my wife is a big part of it because she's able she can just like calm me down oh yeah she's like you're fine we've done this a thousand times it's okay and I'll be so nervous right until we have to, like, pose for stuff. And mm-hmm. then after the first, like, location, I'm, oh, I'm yeah. good. I'm good after yeah.
0: that. It's true. I mean, I from a photographer's perspective, I still get nervous for every shoot that I go to. Really? No matter what it is. Except for maybe, like, the return, like, the the specific clients, like, businesses that I have on retainer that I work they just pay me monthly and I just go in every time and do stuff for them, like product photos and yeah. shooting like jewelry. I don't get nervous for that, but you know, for like a typical, what you'd think of as a photo shoot with a couple or a wedding or even just like a family photo shoot. Yeah. Uh, I get nervous.
1: Is it cause it's new people?
0: P- pretty much. Yeah. Just because the new people, new location, I don't know how they're, how they're going to be with me, how I, if they're going to allow me to be fully creative. Yeah. Um, I imagine it's that way for, like, tattoo artists, too. Like, a tattoo artist that gets to just be creative and not just be so controlled. Yeah, every every
1: artist that I've gone to for tattoos, like, my whole arm is one person. Mm -hmm. She did the whole thing, and then she moved. So, Ah. I don't get to work with her anymore. But I would just tell her my idea, and then I'm like, you just go. Like, everything on my arm, I never saw a real stencil for. It was, like, Sharpie really or highlighter that she would do oh cool and then she would just go for it That'd and she be, loved yeah, that's cool. it cool i mean she would also like give me discount on prices she'd give yeah. me like an hour for free because she wanted to add something
0: oh that's cool and
1: i'm like yeah that's fine yes uh, i guess
0: I'll, I'll allow it yes i'll allow I'll, free tattoos allow that.
1: that's fine <laughs>
0: i've been thinking about getting some i don't have any do it I've been thinking about it but i don't i just don't know like the right attitude or the right approach I mean, I grew up so Mormon, so, like, the idea of a tattoo is very, like, naughty. (laughs) still in my head.
1: (laughs) Uh, I think, like, a lot of people want, a lot of people want, like, um, purpose for it. Like, it has to have a meaning.
0: Something really sentimental.
1: Yeah. Like, my first one was, my first one on my shoulder is, like, it's a sunset with a seagull. And that's because that's a necklace that my dad gave me mm-hmm. the last time, like when I was a kid, when I saw him for the last time in person, mm. he gave me that necklace. So I got that tattooed.
0: See, that's cool. Yeah. But then that's I like also have stuff cool.
1: like, I went to go visit my my wife, then girlfriend, um, after a month of knowing her, flew to LA, saw her. We saw this on my ankle in a bookstore. Oh, is that a moth? Yeah. That's sweet. We saw it in a bookstore and she was like, hey, let's go get that tattooed. Yeah, I was that's, like, all right, really cool. cool. Yeah. So then we just found a random dude in LA and got a tattoo.
0: Why'd you choose your ankle?
1: I don't know. I didn't have anything on my leg yet. Nice. I had my whole arm done by half my chest, my other shoulder.
0: That's cool. I asked my brother, he just got one the other day, uh, just a rose on his belly, like on the side. And I was like, what, uh, like what's the meaning by that? What's the symbolism? And he's like, I had a friend in my house that draws (laughs) roses really good. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I kind of love that too he just get he, he has a lot of tattoos and just kind of gets to a point just like what you're saying where you kind of don't really you're just like i just want to put a rose on my body yeah i just want to moth on my ankle
1: and they do they become like an addiction as well mm. because you're like i like my tattooed skin more than my normal skin oh interesting so let's like keep adding on to it your body's like everybody's like oh it's going to look terrible when you're old. It's like, I don't give a fuck. I'm going to be old. Who cares? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Who do I have to impress when I'm 80? <laughs> I don't have anybody to impress.
0: And everybody's going to have that. There's Everybody yeah. has tattoos these days. They're very common, though. I feel like it'd be more rare to be old and not have a tattoo.
1: When I, was, like, when I was a kid and I would see somebody with a tattoo, I remember being like, oh, my God, they have a tattoo. Yeah. Like, that's never going to come off. Right. And now I'm, like, covered in them.
0: Yeah. It's crazy to think about.
1: Yeah, me and the wife have spent quite a bit on tattoos. Oh, a lot sure. more than me.
0: Yeah, you guys' tattoos are really cool. I like all the color.
1: I have all colors. She's all black and gray. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah.
0: I guess uh, when I think of your tattoos, the one that comes first in my head is the octopus. Yeah. The big orange one. Because it's so bright. Yeah. And that's my and entire orange. arm. Orange is my favorite color. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, tell me about your issues.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, so, um, I'm a super anxious person.
0: Yeah, hence the All the things you were talking about before with the nicotine and the
1: yeah, I've developed quite a few addictions. None, none terrible, I guess I would say.
0: What is it about the nicotine, though? It's just a comfort thing.
1: It like it just relaxes me, but I'm also addicted to it now. So Mm. without, if I go a whole day, like headaches, Mm. I get super anxious. I get shaky. Interesting. Yeah, I told my wife, like I said, when we have a kid, I'll quit. But you're gonna have to leave me alone for like a week. I'm gonna have to go somewhere by myself. Wow. For like a week, I'm not gonna be able to be around somebody. Dude, that's like the worst time to quit because that's,
0: that's a stressful time.
1: I know. Anyway,
0: sorry. Go ahead. continue with your with your explanation <laughs> of your issues. I didn't mean to get uh, hung up. No, on no, you're
1: good. No. Um, yeah, I've developed some addictions from it. I'm 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 super anxious. Um, I was I was like diagnosed mild OCD, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't really see, I'm not like to the people who really have OCD who are like, I got to turn the lights off and on 10 times before I'm, oh, my yeah. brain is okay. I'm not like that, but I do. He said that I have like a fixative personality. What does that mean? So if I don't like something or I like something, it's all I can think about in the moment. Interesting. If I, uh, if it's like something I don't like, it's only going to last a couple hours. I'm so
0: curious what you like and don't like about my house. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I like your AC unit cuz I install those type.
0: Oh, nice. Yeah, I I set it to 74, but I don't know if it's actually accurate.
1: I think it's cold in here.
0: It is cold. Yeah. Do you want it to be a little warmer? I mean, I got a shirt on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Fine. I can put a blanket on you. <laughs>
1: um so yeah, yeah, the fix the fixation thing is, like, in the past, I've looked up what OCD, like, what the symptoms are. And, like, fixation is one of them. Mm-hmm. I also do other weird things, like, that I don't even tell people. Like, my wife doesn't know. When I drive down the road, I will count the lines on the road. What? And if, I'm, if I'm, like, white, yellow, yellow, white, white, yellow, yellow, white. Wow. And I can't, like, stop myself if it's... For some reason, my brain wants it to be five lines, huh. and I don't know why. <laughs> but I—you never told your wife that? No, uh, not really. No. Now the whole world knows. I know. Well, it's not something that like affects me though. It's right. just something I do. If I'm in the car by myself, I do it. If hmm. I'm if I'm in the car with her and we're talking, I don't.
0: So why do you say that that's weird though? Is it just weird because you is that know other people don't do that? Yeah, but... is that not weird? Well, I I do things like that. <laughs> do you? Yeah, like you know when you're a kid you. When you're walking down the sidewalk, I would like take an extra, I would like skip a step to try not step on the cracks on the yeah. sidewalk just because, I don't know, or I, uh, but just like things like that. I, I could go on with examples, but mm-hmm. I, that's like, kind of, I mean, I, I don't know if that's weird.
1: I don't think that's weird. I don't know why to me the line thing is weird. Yeah. I do that.
0: I. Um... I guess if it's distracting you from actually driving.
1: No, it doesn't do that. (laughs) Um, I constantly, all day, for whatever reason, I count, like, my fingers for some reason. I'm like one, Hmm. two, three, four, five. Just, like, making sure or just, like, it's It's an unconscious thing? I don't know if it's, like, a tick or whatever you would call it, but I just do strange things like that. The the fixation thing is probably the worst because it leads to me being, like, really affects, like, confidence. Oh. Because, like, if something, if me and, like, you know, if I make my wife mad when I do something sometime, then I'm going to be afraid to do that.
0: Oh, yeah. Dude, I can relate to that for
1: sure. It doesn't go away, though. Like, forever. We we just had a big, like, you know, talk the other night. Just one of those talks couples have. Yeah. And it was just really, I was like, you know, like, I know I need to be a more confident person because it definitely affects me. I, yeah. I do like a very manly job, but I'm not a very manly man.
0: <laughs> Dude, I, an example from my relationship, I have a hard time listening cause I have ADHD. And so my girlfriend Taylor, when she, when I told her like, when I have to say what, or when I don't, I'm not listening or she can get kind of frustrated naturally. Like who, who wouldn't?
1: Mm-hmm. I do the same thing. I like, She'll be full conversation, and I, I don't remember any of it.
0: Yeah, I'm like, wait, what? Yeah. She's like, w- were what? Were you not listening to me? I'm like, no, sorry. Like I was thinking about this other thing. Uh, so can you just repeat yourself? And then she's like, <laughs> you know, that's frustrating to her. So then, next time, I, I notice if I'm not listening, and I catch myself, it'll affect my confidence in that conversation because I'm like, oh, yeah. fuck, like I haven't been listening. Now I have to tell her that I wasn't listening, and I know she's gonna be mad or I can just like play it off. I can just be like just nod my head and just say sounds good.
1: <laughs> I do. Yeah. I definitely like if we're on the phone or even if we're sitting right next to each other, I'll I I feel like I snap into a conversation mm-hmm. and I'm like I got to figure out where we're at. Yeah. But I don't yeah. like I don't know. I don't know if I'm good at like playing it off sometimes or whatever, but I it's not that I don't want to listen, but my brain is uh, just white noise. Yep. Not even thinking about like any default
0: mode. Just like, yeah, not thinking about anything.
1: It's kind of like when you, you're like driving and you're like, how the fuck did I get here?
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's I like, do that a lot. Or sometimes I'll be looking at their face. I'm like, I'm, I'm nodding. I'm, I'm looking like I'm paying attention. I'm doing the face that, that is a listening face. Hopefully this is right. I'm like, Oh shit. Now I don't know what they're saying. And I, I think that that's pretty common though. Like most people do that to some degree. Yeah. It's just when it, when things like that start affecting your life in ways that make it difficult to function in society mm-hmm. on a day-to-day basis. Oh yeah. Like with my career or with relationship with going to the store, or like things like that, where you're, you're counting your fingers or you're counting lines when you should be driving. Then it's like, Oh, this could actually be a problem.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I've, I definitely catch myself even in public, like a lot lately when we were going through, like, cause we just bought a house. We would be like talking to the lender and I'm like, I have no idea what she just said for the past few minutes. Can you send me an email what you just said, please? And then my wife's like, did you get that? And I'm like, yeah, no, I don't know. (laughs) What did she say? (laughs) And then she's like, I don't know. I thought you were listening. Yeah. I'm like, oh God. I thought you were listening. Now I got to call her back. Like, uh, yeah, I do. I do. I I lose focus a lot. And the the fixation stuff, like, the other spectrum of that is, like, if I like something or I get interested in something, I'll be up till 4 o'clock in the morning.
0: Oh, like the hyper-focus thing?
1: Very bad. Hmm. And I'm like, I gotta get up at 5 for work, and it's 2 a.m., and I'm on YouTube still. Yeah. <laughs> or I'm reading articles.
0: I've been there, too. So, what, what is it about... It, it sounds like you have ADHD as well. Or maybe haven't been diagnosed. I've
1: never been diagnosed with it. Okay. I've assumed that I probably do.
0: So there's probably a lot of different. There's probably similarities with OCD and ADHD. Then.
1: I think so. Yeah. From. I mean, I'm just going off of what I. You know. I was technically clinically diagnosed as mild OCD. Got it. When I was younger. This was like six years ago.
0: Where does OCD come from? Like, what is there like a reason why it exists, or like some kind of a history behind it?
1: I'm not sure. Like, I haven't really. I never looked into it that much I think because I was kind of worried at the time oh yeah because when you think OCD you think of like turning the lights on and off and right turning the knob on the door and all this stuff and like you got to be very organized Mm -hmm. which I'm not organized so I don't know (laughs) if if (laughs) he was off or not but he had he had done some like tests like mind games almost I guess Hmm. with me because he would like give me stuff to like hold Mm-hmm. While we were going through this. Because I was at the doctor for anxiety. Yeah. I was to the point where if I got nervous about something, I would throw up every time. Oh, really? So I would be like, at the time I was 20 when I got diagnosed. 20 or 21 in that range. Because um, like 21 to twenty two and a half and a ish was like bad for me. Hmm. Um but when I was at the doctor, he would like give me a pen and he would see, I would start clicking the pen. I couldn't sit still. Yeah. And then he would ask me, you know, questions. What, what happens when you get anxious? And I'm like, well, I can't not think about what's making me anxious. <laughs> and Basically until I throw up. Interesting. And I hate throwing up. Dang, that's Like my body, will, my body rejects it. It's like, we're not throwing up. We're wow. not doing this. And uh, so at the time I was like, I didn't know what was going on. The reason I went to the doctor is because I was in a parking lot I was in waiting for an interview Mm -hmm. To get a job And I'm like in the parking lot and I physically could not make myself Go into the business to go to the interview Oh wow I was like I, I went in twice Through the front door And then I immediately had to turn around and I threw up outside Holy shit Both times and I still get like that Like with the wedding shoots I have to make myself like Not freak out Huh. But it would happen over and over and over. Yeah, every day, over the smallest stuff. Right. And I don't know what triggered it. Really, my thought when I was younger was that it was college. Yeah. Like I was going to college at the time to be a writer. Yeah. And it was just like, I was making no money at any job I was at. I was also going to school all the time, which led me to the bar that I worked at because I could. It kind of brought a balance to my life for a while because I would do class in the morning.
0: Mm, so you had some structure.
1: Class in the morning, basically all day until like 3, 8 a.m. to 3 for classes. Yeah. And then I'd go home, get home at like 4, and then I'd shower and go to work at 5, and then I'd be up until 2 o'clock in the morning. Nice. At work, which was terrible, <laughs> which led to a whole, whole <laughs> string of other issues because... Uh, at the time, when I went to the doctor, he prescribed me Prozac, mm. which a lot of people were like, don't take it. Like, people in my family... Is that one
0: a antidepressant?
1: Technically, yeah. Like an SSRI yeah, or something? Yeah, I think okay. so. Um, so, I was taking that. It was a low dose. It was like five milligrams or something like that. Mm-hmm. A lot of people told me not to take it, but it made me, like, normal until <laughs> working at a bar leads to a lot of late nights of, like, drinking. Oh, gotcha. So mixing that with drinking, for whatever reason, just had like an adverse. And not sleeping. And yeah, you probably
0: I... didn't have time to go to the gym, workout.
1: I never went to the gym, even though both my roommates did at the time. Um, never went to the gym. Work was like a good exercise because I'm walking mm-hmm. and standing all day, picking up shit. Yeah, moving kegs around and stuff at the job is heavy. Right. Um, but then I would like drink a lot, and I would be. I had the opposite schedule of my roommates. They were five a.m. work. I was 5 p.m. work, Mm, so every night after work was by myself, and I would just drink alone Hmm. a lot. Interesting. To excess. (laughs) And uh, yeah, that was like... To excess. Yeah, so that was probably the worst, like, mental state I think I've ever been in.
0: How long did that last?
1: Well over, like, a year. Um, I feel like I really got, like, a grip on myself probably, like, a couple months before I met my wife.
0: Wow, and how how long ago was that, that you met her?
1: Uh, we met when I was 23. Okay. Yeah, because I'm 27 now, four years. Yeah, yeah. Where'd you go to college at? I mean, I probably said the wrong year, and then she'll hear this, and like, <laughs> then I'll be in trouble.
0: <laughs> this is all just your your.
1: <laughs> this is my brain. I can't remember dates for shit. And it bothers her. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it bothers her, but she just pokes fun at me. Yeah. You, don't you guys... know how long we've been together. We also have, like, so many anniversaries, though, because we, like, yeah. we met when she was on vacation here uh-huh. and then, like, hung out for two days. And then a month went by and I flew to California to see her. And then I came back and then a month went by and then she moved here. Wow. So it was, like, our meeting date and then, like, our actual, like, boyfriend-girlfriend date. And then we got engaged which I was lucky was on Star Wars Day. It was on May 4th. Nice. I'll never forget that. And then getting married. Wow. We have a lot of dates to remember.
0: That's crazy, man. She's probably going to be like, it was actually six months from the time. <laughs> <laughs> so you grew up in Oregon, right?
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. I grew up here. I was born in Arizona. Um, moved here when I was two.
0: Nice. I love Arizona.
1: I hate it. It's terrible. Yeah, too, it's too hot. hot. Oh, yeah. God, it's so hot.
0: Like Flagstaff's nice. I like the people there. People there that seem pretty like level-headed or just
1: they're just uh, like normal people yeah i feel like they're not like an extreme of yeah either end of the spectrum
0: yeah there's like good hard-working people yeah. they can hold down jobs they can provide for their, themselves their families and they just uh they're really friendly outdoorsy it's hard to be outdoorsy though in arizona because it's so
1: god it's hot as fuck yeah <laughs> it's, it's really it's hot
0: but then uh then you come to oregon and it's like everybody's space cadets
1: there's a lot of, I feel like the ends of the spectrum are like Portland and then Texas. <laughs> those yeah, are like, yeah. those are our ends of the spectrum in the world today.
0: Yeah. And Arizona's kind of a nice midway.
1: Yeah. I yeah I only spent two years there. I've been back numerous times. And where'd um, you go to college at? Um, so I did a year at Portland State. Um, I went there because I played soccer for them. Oh, cool. For a year, which was like awful. I mean, it was great, but <laughs> but it was like 8 p.m. practice. Oh, yeah. And then like 5 a.m. workouts. Dude, soccer is so physical. It is. I People, played soccer in high school. Everybody's like, oh, pussies play soccer. Right. And I'm like, come play then.
0: Yeah, you will not run as much in your life ever no. as you do in soccer. I think
1: a professional game is somewhere between like 10 and 15 miles or something like that. I was
0: a track runner all four years of high school, and I didn't run as much in track as I did in soccer.
1: Yeah, soccer's it's 90 minutes of Constantly moving, yeah. And I did that my entire life.
0: And then one year at Portland State.
1: Yep, I did one year at Portland State. um It was nice. I mean, like I started as a freshman for their team, even though it's like club, it wasn't D one. Oh. But we played like U of O, OSU. Nice. All those teams.
0: So that's kind of where the drinking was happening at college.
1: No, it was actually when I got back. Oh. I mean, like I drank somewhat in college because you start college at like eighteen. So I couldn't yep. actually get alcohol. Right. My nicotine addiction ramped up a lot during that time. <laughs> it's a lot of stress. Were you, to...
0: were you smoking cigarettes or was it always the, like the vape pens? No, it was
1: cigarettes since I was um, like 14, I think. Oh, wow. It was the first time I smoked.
0: I just had, I had my first cigarette. It's terrible.
1: Everybody's like, why do you do this?
0: Yeah, it's, it's not fun. When was it? I think I've only, I've smoked like two they're not great no not great
1: until you are addicted and they don't bother you yeah right but like now if i if someone smokes around me i'm like that smells terrible yeah i smelled like that that's all i can think yeah it's bad i actually quit because my wife
0: oh nice yeah. wow
1: she said you can do the vape thing but you can't smoke cigarettes i won't date you <laughs> You're and like, I, okay i yeah. was
0: like okay cool you guys seem like you have a pretty good relationship yeah from the very limited amount of time i've seen you guys together though
1: yeah we're good She deals with my issues. Yeah, that's cool. I feel like this past year has actually been pretty, like, has brought out a lot of, like, of our inner issues that we didn't really know about ourselves. Mm. So we've, you know, we've had a lot of hard tarts.
0: Because you've been married for just over a year now.
1: Yeah. Just over a year. Had a COVID wedding. Sweet. It was great. Still (laughs) had 100 people there. Nice. (laughs) It was outdoors. The sheriff was like, I don't give a fuck. (laughs) It's outside. What do you mean? (laughs) I went to a
0: wedding where... Uh, they wanted us to wear masks, uh, but the wife, the, the bride, was deaf, mm. so the masks were, like, see-through. <laughs> and it was, like, this weird, like, window screen over your mouth. It was super weird.
1: Like, see-through, like, plastic? Yeah. That's weird.
0: Yeah. It's, like, a little piece of plastic.
1: That seems worse because, like, I feel it's like, like when you, you sneeze, man. when you wear the mask, you're like nobody can see any faces I'm making. Yeah, I'd be more <laughs> self-conscious with a plastic mask. On.
0: But she was deaf, you know, so she had to be able to read our lips. Yeah, but still wear a mask. So, COVID. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Good. So, I was gonna. I was thinking about. Do you remember when you were a kid? Like the first time you started feeling anxious. Do you remember feeling anxious as a kid or? Where, where Do you remember when it started?
1: Yeah, I think it really started um, at like nine was when my parents got divorced. And so I was nine and my sister was four. And it, my mom was like, well, I'm not getting a babysitter. Like you're nine. You yeah. can figure it out. I mean, she was a great mom. She had a, she had a job. She was an accountant. So it was like tax season. She would it's take not... us to school. She would leave during the day to pick us up and take us home. Or we would do, like, the Boys and Girls Club. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, like, I didn't really see her a lot for a big portion of the year. She yeah, would get wow. home so late. Yeah. Like, 8 or 9 o'clock at night. Which, for,
0: as a kid, you're like, that's late. So it's not like she couldn't afford a babysitter.
1: No, but it was like, I could handle it. Yeah. And I could take care of my sister.
0: Wow, so you were just alone most of the time.
1: Yeah, a lot of the time. That's, like, one of the big... I've had a lot of, like, talks, and it, it comes up, you know in like some heart to hearts that I've had with like my wife. It's like I had to like grow up really fast. Yeah. I was like in charge of my sister. I was in charge of a four year old when I was nine.
0: Do you feel like that is like the source or like where your anxiety kind of stemmed from?
1: I feel like it, it's a big portion of it because I feel like it led to like a lot of, there's not like a good way to like, uh, not another term for it, but everybody says like abandonment issues. Oh, yeah. I never felt, like, abandoned, but I was afraid of, like, being alone.
0: And you never really got to have a childhood, like, be a kid, really. Yeah,
1: like, weekends, like, yeah, I would go outside and hang out with my friends and stuff, and I still had great friends. Yeah. I didn't really have friends, like, in my neighborhood, except for one kid, which was when we were, like, so at, like, 12 is when I met, like, my best friend. He's still my best friend. He was my best man at my wedding. Nice. And uh, That's cool. at that point, my sister was old enough to just, like, be at the house by herself it was whatever it's not like she was gonna she's like six so she's fine yeah she was fine <laughs> so you know i would be like out front or just in the neighborhood we'd ride bikes or skateboard or whatever yeah and um so that was fine but like before that like i hated like being alone
0: well where was your so your parents got divorced was your dad not in the picture then
1: no so when they got divorced when i uh, when i was nine he moved to oklahoma like immediately Because his... Both my grandparents were sick. His mom and dad. Oh, okay. So he was like their caretaker until they both passed. And then I didn't see him in person again until I was 21. He came back. Jesus. Yeah, to see me. Which was like... (laughs) That's crazy, man. Yeah, it was definitely... It was weird. Um, It was great, though. Like, it's not like I didn't have... He still called. Yeah. He called on every birthday, every holiday, randomly he would call to talk he would still like send us cards oh, and stuff cool. it's not like he just disappeared right but i don't know i like i i just feel i feel weird about it still because i know my, my wife's never met him hmm. i you know I, he's my dad i love him yeah but
0: got a tattoo of the i did the yeah memory of him that's cool. I, st- I still
1: love my dad we just don't have that like really tight personal relationship Yeah, it's
0: understandable why you'd feel weird about that.
1: Yeah, and my sister, like, you know, she doesn't want anything to do with it. Got it. Because she was four. I feel like there's differences in, like, the hardships in that. Like, I was nine, so I had a lot of memories with him still. But she was so young that it's like, what do you really remember before, like, age five? Yeah, what can she remember? Anything significant.
0: Man, I feel like it's so detrimental to a kid to have to grow up like that, to have to be alone and watch over somebody else like have that kind of responsibility placed on you whether it was like just circumstance or placed on you by your own consciousness mm. like you, maybe you took that on
1: i definitely did like I was, like, in my head, it was, like, well, I'm the man of the house now. Yeah. Like, I have to. When my mom's not here, like, I'm in charge. Were you confused about that? Like, what the hell? Like, where's my dad? Why isn't he coming back or what? No, my my mom, they definitely had, like, a, not they, like, my mom had a talk with me about it, and then my dad had to talk with me about it mm-hmm. separately. They were, like, I think at the time he just, like, had some old issues pop up. Like, he was into drugs and stuff when mm-hmm. he was younger. And when he was in the navy, he was like stationed in Jamaica, so it was like drugs galore if he right. wanted, yeah. In like the eighties, right? So nobody gave a fuck. Right. <laughs> and, Anything uh, you want, which is like you know, I have all these like, I guess, dad issues if you want to call it. But <laughs> Dad then, issues, abandonment issues. Yeah, but he was also he was a writer in the for the navy. So is he, that why you wanted to be a writer? Uh, maybe subconsciously. Yeah, but like that as a as a kid, that's what we bonded over was movies tv he started showing me quentin tarantino movies when i was like seven
0: that's cool that you remember that dude i barely remember like anything from before like i guess kindergarten like when i was five really like everything else is just kind of blank or like a blur but when you have something so massive in your life happening where that's all that you have of your dad yeah you probably have a like a bit of a stronger memory of that time than those yeah. kids do.
1: Yeah, I I definitely remember like sitting down and being able to watch movies with him and he would explain things to me and like he showed me a very serious like version of the world, like not a bullshit one when you're a kid mm-hmm. where it's like, "Oh, don't say bad words." Right. And you're like we're going to get the censored version of the CD you want. Like he's <laughs> like, "No, that's not that's fucking stupid. It's not
0: reality. Like, not going to no. keep in this bubble." And
1: he would tell me like we would watch these Quentin Tarantino movies that are very violent and sexual yeah and just not for children not for a seven-year-old <laughs> did you want to do that though
0: did you like that i loved it yeah huh interesting
1: not because of like the material or whatever i just liked the movies
0: yeah and probably just spending time with your dad
1: yeah and he would just he would just tell me like it's a movie it's not yeah. how you don't just go fucking shoot people in real life like right it's, it's a movie there's a plot and he would explain the plot to me he showed me star wars for the first time I still love Star Wars.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's awesome, dude. Man, that's crazy. I feel like a lot of a lot of kids, when they have traumatic experiences, or, or I, I I wouldn't say that yours is like traumatic, really. Yeah. Maybe that's I mean, maybe you do, but kids that have a difficult or abnormal childhood, they tend to like push it out of the memory. And they they don't remember anything from their childhood. Um, but that's interesting that you like have such a, a good, vivid memory of everything.
1: Yeah, I feel like i latched latched onto that. I have good memories with my dad. I also have, like, the couple bad ones, you know? Sure. That I just, like, tend to not think about, and I just, I'm, I'm very much the person that, like, just pushes it down. Mm. I'm, like, not going to deal with any of this until mm. it all comes out at once.
0: Just burying it under the rug?
1: Yeah, I've had multiple, like, just, like, breakdowns about it or like we're just like talking about something not even not even an argument we're just like talking about like the future or whatever like somebody did wrong and we're just like talking it out mm-hmm. and i'm like and then all of a sudden i'm like crying <laughs> been there yeah and i don't you know i don't know why. i i know it's cuz i push that stuff down yeah i don't want to talk about it
0: and then it comes up eventually
1: i think it's the like society of manliness they're like be a man don't talk about your feelings yeah I think
0: that some people say that and I don't like those people I, yeah I think that it being a man like there I guess there is like toxic masculinity in a way but I, I hate that term
1: it's not like a it sounds wrong for what it is yeah
0: because manliness doesn't have to be toxic it doesn't yeah. it's okay to uh, like I have a friend who the first time I met him he's kind of like you you me and him kind of feel a little similar in our energy. But he, he's got a bunch of tattoos, and the first one I saw was on his hand. It says, boys cry. And I was like, I like you.
1: <laughs> that's a right. good tattoo. Yeah. yeah it's, he's like, that's my favorite one. Yeah. I, it's definitely changed a lot in the past couple years, I feel like. I tell my friends I love them. Yeah. Like, why not? You don't I mean, you don't know what's going to happen. You right. could not see your best friend tomorrow. That's cool, man. It's like, why are you not? I Every time I see my friends, I give them a hug. I tell them I love them when I leave. Nice. Why not? Yeah, that's awesome. Why is that like being a bitch or why, whatever? Yeah, why does that to,
0: why can't men like give hugs or Yeah.
1: I feel like that changed a lot in the past couple of years.
0: Yeah, it's like everybody's waking up for the first time or like this whole like woke culture and cancel culture shit is it's annoying, but it's also at the same time.
1: The people it who has take good things. The people who take it to the extreme are the ones that are like that make it annoying, I guess. Yeah. It's like not everything has to be like fuck this person for what they did 10 years ago yeah exactly like they're fine everybody makes mistakes everybody does dumb shit yeah i've done plenty of stuff i'm not proud of in my life everybody has so
0: but th- i think that the silver lining to all that you, you have the extreme people of course but then it is shedding light on certain things that were just kind of like buried before yeah or taboo you know yeah. what i mean
1: yeah, if you're a guy, tell your best friend you love him. Why not?
0: Yeah, yeah, I would love my guy time. I've been having lots of guy time lately.
1: I actually just had, I had my first like guy time in probably like a year.
2: Whoa! Yeah, like well, I last guess you just got married. So two weeks probably... ago.
1: Well, I'm also just I'm a very like, being anxious and whatever other issues I have, <laughs> <laughs> it leads me to be a very introverted person. Hmm. Like I would rather be at home
0: is it because you like things to be a certain way like the ocd thing you like things to
1: i do not i hate not being in control of situations Hmm. and it bought it it does lead to like arguments it definitely does because like i am like i want this done this way in my head i don't say that out loud yeah but then i get very easily frustrated Mm -hmm. i get angry really quickly and then that just makes everything worse
0: is it hard for you to say what you want to people?
1: Very. Yeah. yeah. Very hard. I don't. I was like the talk, the talk that we had not too long ago is like about confidence. And like I, when I get fixated on this like negativity of what happened the last time, I don't even want to like interject with what I want or how I mm-hmm. want things to be. Right. And it's terrible. Yeah, let
0: me just conform and bend myself to the way that the, that, yeah, this dynamic is happening or this group environment is existing and then I'll get the fuck out of here and go be alone and then where I can just like be myself without having to yeah. say anything to anybody
1: yeah like when we go out we pretty much hang out with like the same group of people my wife's like best friend their family has like adopted us we're like the we go to every family gathering and all that and I'm like cool there now mm. but if we go out to like a bar even with them I'm like in my shell, yeah. like my hood on, like I don't want to, <laughs> I just want to be like in the corner by myself.
0: Even if you're given permission, like if somebody asks, like, what do you want? What do you want to do? What's your flow?
1: My typical response is like, she, like we talked about this. She was like, well, what do you want? And I'm like, whatever makes you happy. I'm like whatever you want. Hmm. What What do you want? That's like typically what I say. Yeah. And I'm trying to like break the habit of doing that.
0: Yeah, I am the same way. Absolutely, it really sucks. The reason I ask about your childhood, and just uh, one, because I'm just trying to get to know you and just like build some character development. (laughs) You're the hero (laughs) of my backstory. Yeah, but then also just because I, I'm curious. Just for me, like I'm trying to figure it out for myself. Like, where the hell did all this come from? Why am I so anxious? Why is it so hard for me to say what I want and what I like Mm -hmm. to people?
1: yeah because I've, li- I've listened to a couple episodes of this and um like what age did your start at
0: i don't know man i similar to you i was diagnosed with uh, adhd when i was 27 mm-hmm. uh, i think i first started re- noticing or feeling like i was different when i was in elementary school like our the teacher would be saying something to the class, and then I would look around. Everybody knows exactly what to do, and I'm like, I, have, I literally have no idea it's what the, we're supposed like to do. Like the doing. focus thing? Yeah, so the focus thing has always been something that I was aware of. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other issues, like saying what I want and need and what I like, that's a new one. Yeah. I, I noticed that in my marriage it, when I was married before. Yeah. I mean, I'm not married now, but my ex-wife would ask me, like, what do you want to do? for lunch. Yeah. Be like whatever makes you happy. Like just do what you, you know, but then I got to a point where I was like, no, I, I started, you know, kind of growing up and feeling like, no, I do have wants and needs. It kind of started around when I was like 28, 29. Mm-hmm. So get ready <laughs> next year for you. Yep, um, it's all going to get worse. <laughs> I just started getting like more assertive. And I was like, uh, actually ex-wife, I would like to, the, the example I always give is when we go to the movies, mm-hmm. she she was Mexican, so not that that fucking matters. I, <laughs> <know>. <laughs> I wish I wouldn't have said that, because now I feel like I have to disclaim everything I'm about to say.
1: But, there, I mean, at the same time, there are <laughs> stereotypes that are true. She drank,
0: she liked Coca-Cola. It has nothing to do with being Mexican. No, it doesn't.
1: Well, yeah. kind of. So, the, they got those big glass bottles. Right, yeah. So and I love them. The
0: Mexican Coke is better. It is better. Yeah. So she, she liked to drink Coke. And... I I liked it too, but I was I was like I actually don't really want to drink Coke right now. I want some Dr Pepper, like just an, just an example. Yeah. And she'd be like, "All right, so go get your own Dr Pepper. I'm going to drink Coke." And I was like, <laughs> "Well, yeah, but like you know how I always drink your Coke. Like I want. What if you also try my Dr Pepper? Like let's do things that we that I like. That's yeah. both do something that I like. And then she'd be like, "But I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. Like." So then I was just like projecting my resentment because I, which is my fault. Uh, That teaches you though. It does. That
1: teaches you that what she was doing at the time, because I've learned this, like what she would do at the time, it wasn't wrong. You, we both are bending and conforming to whatever this other person or situation wants because we don't want to like speak up. Yeah. I feel like I'm slowly learning to speak up. But I didn't, I didn't mean to cut you off.
0: No, please. I, that's it's it's really good for you, for me to like hear what was I learning because sometimes I just don't know. I'm not getting it. Yeah. And uh, so, eventually, with with her, with my ex wife, I would I, I I kept saying what I wanted, what I liked, and she would sometimes be like, okay. Sometimes she would just bulldoze me completely. I'd be like, she'd say, "What do you want to have for lunch?" And I'd say, "I want Chick fil A." And then she'd be like, "No, I don't let's not do that. I'm like then why do I even say what I want right what, yeah. what I like?
1: Yeah, no, it the doesn't same, get me anywhere. I know the mindset you're talking about, yeah yeah,
0: but now I'm with a partner who celebrates my wants and likes and things, uh, but I still have a hard time. It's such a long ball to unravel.
1: yeah, which is funny because that's where I'm at now. like my wife is like, like what like you pick what we do for the day?" Like, let's do what you want to do. And then I get like weird about it. Yeah. I'm like, uh, thinking in my head, what does she like to do? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And then I'm just going to say, let's go to target, (laughs) (laughs) which I mean, Hey, target's awesome. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I hear what you mean though, man. I, I, I want to give myself credit though. I've been getting better at like, I was in Bozeman not too long ago and my, Taylor and I were taking some alone time we were on vacation we've been trying really hard to spend time apart even when we travel Mm -hmm. which is great so I'm spending time alone I was like cool what do I want to do I'm going to go to get coffee I'm going to write in my journal whatever then I'm going to go hang out with my uncle and in my head my subconscious mind was like okay once I get with my uncle my responsibility is done like I don't have to pick anything else to do for the day Mm -hmm. so he picks me up he's like "All right, man what do you want to do I was like fuck i don't know i thought this was that was what you're supposed to do for us yeah
1: you're supposed to be the one picking this
0: he's like whatever you want to do man like you're you're on vacation let's go do something i was like so like you i was like okay what what, would he want to do what should i say that he would want to do but i stopped myself i'm like nope like what do i want to do what would i be doing if i was alone like that's the question i've been asking myself Mm -hmm. what would i want to do what would i be doing if i was alone right now and then I just say that thing, and then the person can receive it and manage their own emotions. So I was like, I want to get a beer. He's like, well, it's noon.
1: And you're like, I don't care. He was
0: like, <laughs> it's a little early for me. And I was like, well, you know, I'm on vacation, so I, I would like to get a beer. What if, what if we go get a beer and then you can get some food since it's lunchtime? Yeah. He's like, sounds great. So that's what we did. And I was like, anyway, so I'm just, I'm just patting myself on the back. <laughs> for Finally, for the first time in my life.
1: That's good. Yeah, it's good to like, I feel like a lot of people with the same type of issues that we both seem to have, Mm -hmm. it's like you get so stuck in this pattern of conforming or not wanting to speak your mind. And then when you finally do, you're like, "Ah, that felt good. Yeah. And then it's like, from now on, I need to do that. But then every time that situation arises, there's still that little voice in your head that's like. Just conform.
0: Yeah. It's so hard, man. It is.
1: <laughs> it is, And it's hard for people that don't have that going on in their life to, like, understand what you're talking about. Yeah. It's they're frustrating. Like, they're like, fucking pick something. Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, I don't know. I don't know what I want. My, my mind will just go blank.
0: I'll have to, like, walk out of the room. Like, hold on. Let me go step away. And then I'll think for, about it for a second. And I'll come back and tell you.
1: It's also, I feel like it's also, like, an affirmation thing of, like, when somebody's like, oh, well, I don't want to do that it like <laughs> drops your confidence yeah. even more yeah that's, that's what so makes it true. worse and i i feel like i just have this curse where like i will pick something to do and then it doesn't work out at all and then i'm like well <laughs> fuck i'm never picking that again you
0: yeah, like i don't even know what i like cuz the things i like don't even work out
1: it it's happened to me a lot for some reason like i'll pick i'm like cool i finally picked like a date night which i i'm like i'm getting back into like i did it a lot in the beginning of our relationship and now i was just like i mean i don't know what happened in my brain for the past like year but i feel like i was just very like not they say you try to date your person always Mm -hmm. and i feel like i was really lacking in that Mm -hmm. and that was like something that we talked about and um but i feel like in the past like i'm like let's go here for dinner and she's like great that sounds awesome we go there Fucking! It's like an hour wait for the table, and then it's like God. Well, now we'll go over here.
0: You're just like apologizing, apologizing the entire time. Yeah, I'm so sorry. Like, please, you pick next time. I
1: know the last time we went, it was like cool. We got the table. Everything's going great. They took like the one thing off the menu that she likes. So yeah. that's gone. She gets something else. It's not that good. I'm like Jesus. Here we go. It's, it's just she didn't care. She's like, I'm still having a great time. Yeah. We're just hanging out, having dinner, having that's drinks. Awesome. But in my head, I'm like, this is a fucking nightmare.
0: Yeah. Like, she's judging me based off of my ability to make a decision. I can't, yeah.
1: I tried to do the whole, like, well, it's, it's got to be, like, okay. And I take a bite. I'm like, this is trash. <laughs> this sucks. <laughs> but, yeah, it's, like, it's teaching me. I'm teaching myself a lot lately, I feel like. That's awesome. By just branching out. And, you know, it's, like, it's a it's a gradual process.
0: I feel like it's just you have to fail. You have to make the mistake. Yeah. You have to learn by making by saying what you want and then finding that you don't actually like that thing to get better at like date nights and yeah. just saying what you want and being like in groups. Oh yeah. Like I I had such I didn't really know that I had social anxiety when I was Mormon, mm-hmm. but
1: cuz that was like forced.
0: Yeah, it was like kind of forced. I mean, I was I was good inside Mormon circles. Like I was I was really social when I lived in Utah because Mm -hmm. everybody's Mormon or at least knows about the Mormons. But then moving back to Oregon, I started having a lot of social anxiety again because I was so different. Like I just looked, I, when Taylor first saw me for for the first time, she's like, you're not from here. (laughs) (laughs) And so then I started drinking because I left the church. And so I was like, okay, now alcohol's not off the table anymore. Yeah. But it wasn't the alcohol that made my social anxiety go away. It was just the fact that, like, alcohol wasn't off the table. Like, I could hang out with people that did things that the Mormons said wasn't okay. And you, like, didn't feel weird. Right. I didn't feel weird about that anymore. Because I was like, these, I'm not afraid of this substance. I'm not afraid of this type of conversation. I'm not afraid of this type of behavior anymore. Mm -hmm. Because I know that I can, I'm confident that I can be around it and not, like, become addicted to it or something or like go down this path. That's going to be destructive. And these people aren't that bad when before the Mormon church in my experience would just be like, you can't hang with these types of people. And so I just had social anxiety from that reason.
1: Yeah. See, I like with that, I feel like I went backwards because when I was like in high school, I was not Mormon. (laughs) I was very the opposite. Yeah. Um, you know, like I, ha- I was brought up really good. I was actually brought up by a mom who was a narc when she was in college. No she way. would stand outside liquor stores, and people <laughs> would buy her beer, and they would get arrested. <laughs> no way. Um, She's like, mom, aren't you an accountant? Yeah, right. What are you doing out yeah, here? Yeah, she did the opposite of what I did. Um, so, like as a as a kid, 14, 14 was like cigarettes. Fifteen, I think, was the first time I drank. But my whole high school career. Was parties every weekend. Mm -hmm. Like hammered every weekend. Yeah. And I did that for four years. Into college a little bit. And then as I got older though. And like as I. Like when you drink that young. I feel like you hit 21. And you're like well whatever. Like I've been drinking the whole time. Yeah. But that's like I feel like when I started developing this like social anxiety. Mm. Which doesn't make any sense. Because I was used to being in these house parties with 50 people in a tiny house and you're hmm. everybody's hanging out but then like as i feel like i as i started working at the bar and drinking a lot more like by myself i feel like i just developed this like super negative mindset around it even though i would still drink when i was like alone i just drank by myself yeah which is like the most depressing shit <laughs> ever i do that sometimes yeah but i was it's like, like to excess yeah, like yeah big time yeah mixed with you know the prozac didn't make it great um yeah yeah and then i, I don't know how i went backwards though but now like going into right. a social setting i'm like super awkward i would
0: i don't know if that's backwards i guess relative to me it's backwards because yeah. it was the opposite but yeah i think that that that's just your experience that's the way that it just happened and yeah. i think that it's pretty common i think it's more common that way for somebody to like grow into social anxiety as they grow up and and start to gain Mm self-awareness rather than like just have social anxiety because of the way you're brought up and then like grow out of it kind of yeah
1: i feel i just became like much more introverted as i got older Hmm. where i was like I, i used to use this joke which was like I pay for my house. Why would I not want to be there all the time?
0: Oh (laughs) (laughs) yeah, get my money's worth.
1: Yeah, but then I'm like, (laughs) no, you just don't want to be around people. Like I, I don't know. It's
0: nice to be honest with yourself.
1: Yeah, I'm very like I'm a lot better now, but I just like the general public. I just like don't want to interact with. Yeah, I don't know why.
0: Well, it's probably because, I mean, I don't know if you're you're probably this way. You're very picky with your friends.
1: Fair. I've had the same. 10 friends since i was 15 probably yeah Yeah,
0: that's it and people have gotten mad at me for that like why are you so picky like you're so picky i'm like because i don't know that you're gonna be able to accept the fact that i can't say what i like yeah and i don't know if you're gonna be able to accept like yeah just so i it's you gotta be careful who you let close
1: yeah my my friends have been my friends for a very long time and i i mean i consider you and taylor friends like you know nice graduated to
0: friendship yep. <laughs> here we go
1: you know like we like we all get along and we know a decent amount about each other we've done a couple shoots together now and it's like yeah. i wouldn't just be like oh yeah that's just the photographer I know. right now right like oh yeah we, we know them we're friends
0: yeah but well, we should hang out outside of photographer uh like photo shoots then
1: i know the four of us need to go downtown ashland or something
0: yeah it'd be fun go to bobar
1: yeah man the music did not match that place
0: oh that's interesting i just looking at the photos that taylor's taken i do have like a 50s a musical vibe in my head
1: 50s was my vibe in my head oh 50s 60s like jazz for some reason
0: interesting it kind of gives me like a almost like a like a moody kind of a edm sort of a really kind of i
1: thought like it almost looks like a speakeasy
0: i could see that too
1: With i think it's the furniture Cause th- it's like this, though.
0: Oh yeah, I think the main thing that made me get that vibe was just Taylor's edits of the place. Mm. Like it was super dark and just it was very dark. It was just like the, these really cool mirrors, or just the walls are black. And yeah, the they were playing table, like rap music. That's kind of the vibe I was. I had really like, yeah, like rap. Or
1: I was sitting in there with like <laughs> my nice bourbon, and I'm like, I want like jazz on right now. I kind of like that better though. I've... And they got the pool table. It's huh. all bar stools and, like, a couple of the, like, Victorian-style couches. Yeah.
0: I guess, like, they have, like, candles hanging from the walls, though, too. So yeah. that makes more sense for
1: 50s jazz yeah. and stuff. And then they were playing, like, Young Gravy. Interesting. Have ever heard that guy? I haven't.
0: Young Gravy? Yeah,
1: that's his name. <laughs> <laughs> He's, like, the whitest rapper ever. That's so funny. Oh, God.
0: Uh, I wanted to ask you about your meds because I'm on a on a brand-new journey of medication. Oh, yeah? And it is not going the way that I thought it would.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's not, I wouldn't say it's going bad, but it's not really going great.
1: You just had other expectations.
0: I had other desires, yeah. rather. I, I would. Just, I just want it to go well. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's going well, but also bad at the same time. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Is it ADHD medication? Yeah.
0: yeah. Adderall.
1: Yeah, I've never taken Adderall.
0: It's, uh I just I took it for the first time like last year and then got a new doctor and got a new prescription of it a different dose and I've been working with him and I am taking it like just more regularly mm-hmm. and yeah it's it's really hard to know how to explain it because it's so new mm-hmm. but like it, it makes me more clear more focused i it, it does make me so it helps with all the things we've been talking about. It takes away my anxiety, mm-hmm. makes me more confident, gives me the ability to listen better, gives me the ability to say what I need and what I want with a more confident confidence. But so in that regard, it like solves yeah. all my problems. It's great. Like it's so great. Um, but on the other hand, it's like making me extremely irritable at mm-hmm. nighttime, uh, and so it's affecting my my relationship with myself and my own mind, and also with Taylor. Like it, it's really affecting our relationship, uh, and it, it affects my schedule. Like I ha- I have to I used to want to work out in the morning. Now mm-hmm. I'm supposed to work out at night, according to my therapist, because at night it's when I'm coming down off of Adderall. So she's like, mm-hmm. you're actually probably experiencing withdrawals, which is making you irritable. You're you're altering your your brain chemistry. So what you need to do is go work out, like move your body. Go get your heart rate up to kind of reset. That makes sense. So it's just like a really intense learning curve, an adjustment period for sure.
1: Yeah. The um, Prozac for me, I was like lucky, I guess you would say, because the first drug that I tried was the one that in my world made me normal again. Mm-hmm. I was losing a lot of those, like, big anxious moments, like the bad ones. I still got anxious, but it wasn't to the point where I would throw up or have to go be by myself. Like, I was riddled with having panic attacks. <laughs> yeah, Even on Prozac, I still got them. The first one I had was in college. I was, like, in my shower just at night after practice one night, and I was like, oh, why can't I breathe?
0: So it was just... Not even triggered by anything specific?
1: I I mean, just subconsciously, I guess. Yeah. I was just like, it's really hard to breathe. And I thought, like, I, the fan wasn't on in there. And I was like, oh, maybe the air is just, you know, it's getting steamy. It's hard yeah. to breathe. And then I, like, reach out. I turn the fan on. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, I'm getting really lightheaded. Like, I can't breathe. And then I just, like, sat down in there for, like, an hour. Wow. Just by myself. I had a roommate who lived in Portland previously mm-hmm. in my dorm. So, he was there twice a week. Hmm. So, I was basically by myself the whole time. Yeah. So, I'm in the shower by myself until the water, like, got cold, basically.
2: Hmm. Having this, just
1: struggling. um, You know, those still happened, even though I was on Prozac. Arguably worse, too, with, like, drinking, I think. Oh, yeah. My panic attacks would get worse, which, like, none of my friends know. I never told anybody. Right. They all thought I was fine. You just held held it together really well? Yeah, I can, like, keep my shit together in front of people mm-hmm. very well, but then, like, as soon as I'd be alone, because I'd get home, they'd all be asleep, because they work at 5 a.m., and it's 2 o'clock in the morning. Right. And then I would just be, like... On the floor of the bathroom? I mean, I would either be drunk from, like, the bar and go home, or I would get drunk when I got home, because I just, like, I guess I kind of used that, like, I thought it was helping at one point, but then... I wouldn't say that I was like addicted I could go an entire day without drinking I was fine mm. but um yeah so the prozac helped like a good amount didn't stop my anxiety attacks but it did let me just like be a normal person during the day mm. I felt like at least in my own brain I was like I'm normal now right even though I probably wasn't <laughs> <laughs> um, but I got lucky because like my dose my dose was a little off at the beginning he had me. On some weird, like, three milligrams or something. Mm -hmm. I don't know. And then um, he upped it to five, which helped a lot. Um, So it was pretty good during the day. But then I feel like my panic attacks would only hit at night. So I was probably withdrawing from it, from waking up and taking it and then being good. I wasn't working out at all during the time. So that could have affected me. Yeah. But it's a lot of, like, trial and error, I feel like. Yeah, yeah. He was He was telling me, he was like, we could go through 10 drugs and th- finally find the one yeah. that helps you.
0: I mean, yeah, it's such a journey. Taylor's actually told me she doesn't want me to take Adderall anymore. Mm-hmm. She's like, I, I wish you would stop or find something else that's like a non-stimulant version of this because, yeah, she's making you really irritable. Like, you just feel different.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I'm like, well, yeah. I started with five milligram doses and now I'm up to 30.
1: That's a big jump.
0: It's a big jump. I mean, it's been incremental,
1: but it helps. It helps. But then at night, it's yeah. a problem.
0: Yeah. It's a problem. So, I mean, the first 30 years of my life, I, I feel like I, I wasn't like checked out. Like I was still here learning present. I was successful. Like I, I started a business when I was not on Adderall. Yeah. So yeah, the past couple of days I've been like, maybe i don't want to do this maybe i don't want to be medicated maybe i don't want to be normal maybe i I just need to let my adhd fucking symptoms (laughs) just be and just i don't know maybe there's another way
1: yeah i would suggest not doing what i did which is just stopping hard turkey turkey (laughs) i just stopped taking it oh really yeah i woke i woke up one day and i was like because at the time, I had changed jobs, so I swapped to working with my roommates. So I was working at 5 a.m., mm-hmm. not sleeping at all. I think I slept three to four hours a night for like three years, mm. every every night, even on the weekends, and um, or my weekends, whatever. Yeah, Wednesday, Thursday <laughs> off, right. whatever the fuck I had back then. <laughs> um,
0: Bartender weekend.
1: God. Well, even at... So I went from working at the bar to working at a distribution company, so oh, st- stocking yeah. shelves, still working with liquor. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so I was not sleeping at all. I swapped over and then it was like to the point where it had almost developed into its own issue to where I would be getting up after three hours of sleep. like, fuck, I gotta get dressed, get dressed. I leave and I'm like, oh my God, I didn't take my pill Mm -hmm. and I'd have to turn around and go back to the house and take it because I was so worried about what would happen if I didn't take it. Oh yeah. Cuz I was like if I stop like all this shit is going to come back. Huh. And I know how bad it is when it gets bad. And I thought like wow. If I'm with the like withdrawing or whatever I thought at the time. Right. Even though it was a low dosage, like your your brain chemistry gets used to that. Right. And I would have to go back. I would just be late for work all the time cuz I'd have to turn around and go back and take it.
0: Sometimes I'll take a day off of my meds just just to see. Just for the hell of it. Yeah. yeah. I'm just like and I I told my doctor that like this is unprescribed uh behavior or whatever but yeah he was like yeah I, I give you permission to like be flexible or just like play with the dosage how much you take or when you take it just don't go more than a day because I told him I sometimes just take a day off He was like okay but just don't take more than a day
1: yeah because I can fuck up what's going on in your brain yeah did yeah. you
0: did you just stop cold turkey
1: yeah I did um I, like, was smart about it. I did it, like, on a, my Saturday. It mm-hmm. so, like, Friday I took it. Didn't take it the next day. And I was super anxious. But I don't know if it was, like, even to this day, I don't know if it was because I didn't take it or if it was because I was scared of not taking it. Oh, yeah. But then, like, slowly I would just make myself, like... I constantly give myself, like, pep talks in my head. Like, you're fine, you're fine, you're fine. Mm-hmm. Like, you're normal. Right. <laughs> I always tell myself, you're fine, you're normal. Even though I know I, like, I'm like i not. Like, my brain doesn't work the same as other people's. Yeah. I freak out over the smallest shit. Yeah. But, yeah, I just quit cold turkey. And it probably took me, like, a good month before I I would catch myself, you know, less and less waking up. And I'd be awake for, like, four hours before I would start getting nervous about it. Hmm. Like, am I going to freak out today? Am I going to throw up in a parking lot? Like, what am I going to do?
0: Are you on meds now?
1: No, I haven't taken any for like five years. Wow. That's amazing. It's a lot more just like mental battle now. Every day still. Constant pep talks. Yeah, I'm constantly like, don't get nervous, don't get nervous. Yeah. Like, it even leads into my job. Like, I crawl under houses for my job. Oh, yeah. And I... I feel like it used to be claustrophobic. I mean nobody wants to crawl under a house. Sure. But if I start to think about like that I'm gonna get claustrophobic, I like can't go down. Oh yeah. And I just have to like sit wow. there and I'm like, you are fine. This is your job. You've done this a million times. I'm always I'm like, don't be a bitch. Just go crawl. You're fine. <laughs> Dude,
0: I went through uh claustrophobia training in the fire service. Oh god. We had to wear all of our turn out gear all of our our mask go Mm -hmm. on air and everything our helmet crawl through this crawl space it like was a makeshift attic Mm -hmm. had like wires and foam everywhere and like wood and then the uh our instructors would like purposely wrap our tank with wires and shit so Mm -hmm. we like just we got tangled up
1: yeah so you can't progress
0: can't move and then we'd like turn a corner and then they'd like pinch us into this like weird contorted position in like complete blackness. Like we had a mask over our face too, or over our like eyes. And then they would like pull our air off. Like our hands were completely stuck. Like we're completely pinned. Mm -hmm. And then they would like take off our air. So we were like suffocating. And then like, okay, like when you're in that moment of panic, they would like give us a little pep talk. Like tell us how to, what to think about, how to behave, what to do. You're fine. You're not going to die. Yeah. So it's like, you just, you have to expose yourself to, like, that's why exposure therapy, I've been doing a little bit of research about exposure therapy, and I think that there's, like, a lot of, like, I, I like that approach. Yeah, I think it works good. It works for me in fire, fire service, like, claustrophobia. I was never really claustrophobic. Yeah. But now, when I sometimes get in claustrophobic moments, I guess, like, if Taylor and I are wrestling and she pins me down... <laughs>
1: I mean, you you can even feel, like, mentally claustrophobic. True, yeah. There's too much shit going on. You
0: just have to, you, I just, I know what to do. I know what to tell myself. I know how to think.
1: Yeah, I've had multiple moments with my wife like that where she's. I'm like, it's one of the one things I've gotten good at is, like, I'm like, there. there's too much shit going on right now. Mm-hmm. Like, I either, like, don't talk to me or, like, help me figure this shit out. Yeah. Because I'm like... With the house buying process, I'm like, I'm fucking, I'm texting eight people right now. I'm trying to make sure this is going on. I'm at work. Mm-hmm. I'm thankful that I have a job where I can just answer my phone whenever I want to. Yeah. I'm like talking to this person and then I got to fucking search this and I got to screenshot it and send it to the lender and do this and do that. And then we right. got to make sure that because are deadlines and Dude, I'm like, there's yeah. so much shit going on right now. I'm freaking out.
0: Yeah. Like mental mental overwhelm or mental claustrophobia yeah. kind of buried like,
1: she's like you're fine and i'm like i'm fucking not fine <laughs> <laughs> at all
0: yeah it happened to me yesterday dude i was i i didn't really have a lot going on but for some reason i started feeling like mentally claustrophobic and i was on adderall so it wasn't even doing its fucking job <laughs> and uh i i was like okay like i my meds aren't doing the thing that i need them to do right now so i just reverted back to my training and i uh, I did the thing where Something I learned in life coaching Where you like do the grounding thing where you focus on your five senses mm. where you draw your attention to Like one or two things That have to do with Each of your five senses So, like you what can I smell? What do I see? What colors do I see? What do I feel? What what taste is in my mouth right now?
1: That would freak me That would make me more stressed <laughs>
0: It's, it, you, I guess you might, I, I mean, maybe it like, would. I don't
1: smell anything. <laughs> <laughs> I've
0: never tasted this before. <sighs> uh, but yeah, that, that did help. Like I'm just, it kind of resets your like hippocampus. It makes you kind of just get back into your thinking brain rather than into like your fight or flight mm-hmm. brain. And it helped. But that's sometimes why I want to keep taking Adderall if I'm fully honest, because even though it's hard, I'm like, don't be a bitch. Like just because it's hard, like don't quit. Yeah. Like find out how to make it work. Um, and then I feel like once I kind of master that, then I'll maybe be okay with quitting or stopping or slowing down or finding yeah. something else.
1: You just have, you feel like you got to find the balance between those two mindsets or it's like, you also have to recognize like, maybe it's not for me. True. There's a lot of people that take <laughs> medication that yeah. they're like stuck on. Because it's, like, what their doctor says, too. Yeah. I mean, doctors, they obviously, they know a lot. They know their job, and they prescribe people shit all the time, but it doesn't always work with everybody.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, it just might not be the thing for me. It might be.
1: It takes time, though, too.
0: It's just hard to let it go for, like, I'm just irritable. When, on the other hand, it's like, it's fixing all of this other shit. Mm Mm-hmm. I just wonder if I could do it without medication. Yeah, because I was—I felt like I was making a lot of progress without it, but then Adderall just kind of helped, kind of like fast forward a little bit and make it easier, like more natural.
1: Are you irritable without it though?
0: Yeah, I mean, I have days, of course. Yeah, but it just amplifies it. Yeah, it's like kind of daily,
1: and it like—is it just normal shit?
0: Yeah, like uh, just really, really basic minor things will kind of like set me off, where. Like the smallest little miscommunication or misunderstanding mm-hmm. that I'll have with a client, with Taylor, with a family member. I'm like, yeah, well, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just kind of like I just, I don't even want to get into it with yeah. the person. I'm just like, ah, like y- you're just being stupid. Yeah. Whereas before I'd, I'd be a little bit more compassionate, but maybe that was me like bending. Maybe this is, maybe Adderall is making me more in tune with what I want, mm-hmm. what, I, what I need and what I like. And it's helping me to say it. Yeah. That's a thought I had yesterday, too.
1: Yeah, my one my one thing that I still i am really working on, I feel like, lately is I, I'm i not, like, the smartest dude in the world. I'm mm. very, like, self-taught on everything I know. My wife will tell you I know a little bit about a lot. Like, I know a little bit about everything for some reason. That's just my brain, how my brain works. It's my fixation thing. Like, if I like something or I get interested, I will learn everything I possibly can about it. Mm-hmm. jack of all trades yeah i I mean i try i guess but i have this like the same thing with you where i'm like if you don't i'm like why the fuck can't you understand what i'm understanding right now why is this not making sense to you yeah and then it like i don't know i feel like it it, i would say it starts a lot of fights but it just like i feel like it does because like even with my wife it'll be it'll be simple stuff like putting the dishes away Mm -hmm. like why the fuck does this not make sense to you like And then I to be a certain way. Yeah. Which I don't know what that is. Like I, I do the dishes and I do the laundry because I'm like, I want it done a certain way. Yeah. And if it's done a different way, like my wife doesn't, she will (laughs) fold clothes to put them away with like the pants inside out. And I can't do it. (laughs) I don't know why. I think
0: I'll speak for myself. Exposure therapy really helped with my anxiety Mm. like I I'm I'm pretty similar to you and that I like things to be organized Mm -hmm. Um, I'm, okay with you know, I mean certain things being unorganized like look at my pile of bags
1: Oh, my room is like uh, my little nerd heaven that I have at home is like you have like an unorganized (laughs) organized mess
0: Yeah, you have certain things you like to be a certain way like my my hard drive is organize a very specific way that I I have to have it be th- like that mm-hmm. when I go travel to the airport I have to know that everything's paid for that my seat is selected that I'm that I know like those types of things have to be locked down and in place and uh, so what I'm trying to get at is the exposure therapy thing I traveled with I think I've told this story on the podcast before but I was traveling with my friend Jeremy and he we were going to the airport he um, bought my ticket it was a work trip so my seat wasn't selected, my bag wasn't paid for, but I had a bag um and just like all this other stuff and then he he was like, "Oh, well, I'll just go, I'll go find out some stuff." But our our we were supposed to board like 3 minutes ago and our flight was like
1: I would delayed. I have a panic attack. <laughs>
0: yeah, so then Jeremy just he walks over to the counter, but not to the counter where you get on the plane. He went outside of security.
1: Oh, my God. To go check <laughs> in with, like, the front desk. I would freak out. So I'm sitting
0: there, like, I don't... He has my ticket. Yeah. I don't even have a ticket. You're like, and I'm stuck here. I'm stuck. And then he's outside of TSA, so he's going to have to go back through security, take his shoes off, do the whole thing, and we're supposed to board three minutes ago. <laughs> so in that moment, I was, like you were saying, like, I would have would have a panic attack. Yeah. I was I was on the verge. I'm like, this is... Like, I cannot do this. But I had to pep talk. I'm like, just breathe. And I told myself, this probably happens every day. Like, yeah. people probably come here and don't have their shit together all day. Yeah. And I just took some breaths. I did my little, what What can I see? What can I smell? What can I taste thing? It wasn't really helping, but just that little bit. And then we got on the plane. Everything was fine. Like, yeah. it, was, it was all fine.
1: God, that's scary, though, because airport people don't give a fuck.
0: I know. Yeah, they really don't.
1: They don't at all. But I mean, they, a lot of it's out of their control. They deal
0: with it a lot. Yeah. So that they're used to it. A lot which of is it's kind of a, why they don't give a fuck. I had
1: a very big, like, um, similar airport story. I, my wife's brother, my brother in law, he has some uh, health issues. He has Crohn's. Mm-hmm. So it's like he has to go back. He's here now. He was in California where his doctor was, mm-hmm. moved up here. And it was like I would take him to the airport to fly down to get his like shot every month or whatever. yeah. And it's like, he has to get the shot. Every single time I took him to the airport, we would show up. I mean, Medford here is a very small airport. Yeah. You get through security in like five minutes. Yeah, And uh, we show up. All he has to do is walk up to the counter, show his ID, get his ticket, go through security. And we're there an hour before the flight takes off or whatever. Mm-hmm. But boarding is like almost an hour before the flight takes off. Yeah. That's when it starts.
0: Like forty minutes before yeah. yours. Yeah. So we
1: show up and they're like, Yeah, you can't get your ticket. And we're like, what do you what do you what do you mean? And he's like, I'm I'm here this time every single time for the same exact flight every month. Yeah. And they're like, Oh yeah like the rules changed. Like you have to be here an hour and a half before boarding to get your ticket. <laughs> and we're like he's like I could die if I don't get on this flight. And they're like, there's literally nothing we can do. And I'm like, the fucking plane's right there, dude.
0: You could put me on that
1: plane. I'm like, yeah. So we had to like, and it's like time sensitive because of the medicine. It has to be like a certain temperature all day. And then it has to be taken out with like a code and they have to go get it from a different office and to bring it to their office. Yeah. So we had to like call all these people and like, thank God he has like the personal cell phone of his doctor. Yeah. Because he had to like call her at five o'clock in the morning. Hey, they won't let me on my plane. And it's like, this isn't even my issue, and I'm, like, freaking out about there's it.
0: There's literally nothing you can do.
1: No, they're like, yeah, we won't let you on a plane. And I'm, like, I'm literally in there talking to the lady, and I'm like, he could fucking die. Yeah. And she's like, there's nothing I can do. I'm like, give me the ticket. That's what you can fucking do. But he didn't die, right? No, he's fine.
0: And so, like, what what do we learn, though? Like, what's the lesson from this? You know? like The
1: airport people are dickheads. <laughs> 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 no, I mean, that like... That and, like... It- it can be solved pretty much every time, but that was just like such a crucial one, yeah. where it's like his literal life could be at stake if he doesn't right. go get this shot, right? Because like it's a very serious disease.
0: That's that's very different when it's like life or death. Like yeah. my situation at the airport, like I, the worst that's like, gonna happen is like get I just flight. I just don't go yeah. on a trip, yeah. You know, so but they don't care. Life and death is pretty different <laughs> for sure. But I think that there is something to the exposure therapy thing, like you learn over time that it's okay to not have everything be the way that in your head you feel like it needs to be. Mm -hmm. It's still, I, why does, why do I even need it to be that way so that I can get on the plane? I still got on the plane. Yeah. Like your, your brother-in-law, what is he again? Brother-in-law. Yeah. He didn't die. No, he's good. You know? So like, I mean, I'm not trying to like teach you anything. I'm just trying to dive into my head and be like, why, why am I so, like picky on how things need to be yeah and i'm I'm trying to tear that down
1: it's a hard one i'm still every day i feel those moments definitely help but like airports for whatever reason yeah i get so stressed in airports tsa used to be a big thing when my anxiety was like my peak we had a family trip planned to go to hawaii Mm -hmm. i almost didn't go like my body would not let me go through tsa Interesting. I would start walking towards it, and I would feel that knot in my throat, and I would run to the bathroom, Jeez. and throw up. My mom. I was with my mom. Like I was like seventeen, and wow. my mom's like, "I'm getting on the fucking plane, so here's the keys if you want to go home." That's <laughs> what she did, and then I like, for whatever reason, that like made me suck it up. So, do you think that your
0: anxiety is getting better? Or is, it, or is it like still just as bad? Like you said that you still get that knot in your throat mm-hmm. when you go to like photo shoots with your wife.
1: It's just like specific things. I feel like the wedding ones for whatever reason, that tie thing I have. Yeah. Just because it's like ties are like constricting if anybody out there doesn't know. dude.
0: Yeah. I was a fucking missionary for two years. I wear yeah. tie every day. The
1: bow tie. Uh, oh my God. You should have seen me at our wedding. I was like, I was so scared to like freak out up at the altar. <laughs> Because I'm like, I got this tie on. I got it like as loose as it can be so it's not touching my neck. Yeah. I'm like pulling on my shirt collar trying to maybe stretch Maybe you have it. like
0: some kind of a, a phobia of asphyxiation.
1: Uh, maybe. I don't know. Maybe but you need I...
0: to expose yourself by having your wife like choke you. Everyone <laughs>
1: <laughs> Dude, it was, it was bad. I had to like take a water bottle up to the altar with me and everything. Huh. And I wow. like hid it behind this like decoration thing because for whatever reason water like having a drink is like comforting it's like one of my things yeah like my wife knows like i if we go to a photo shoot like that i have to have a water bottle with me
0: that's a healthy thing dude like it's at least it's not like I red gotta, bull. yeah like a red bull or i have <laughs> to i
1: don't know at least it's like a healthy it's weird i just feel like i've like my anxiety's gotten better definitely mm-hmm. um i feel like it's just one of those things that like for anyone listening, like if you are a very anxious person and you have like these dark days, like stuff gets better. You learn a lot of it's trial and error, especially mm-hmm. with anxiety, especially like crippling anxiety to the point of like bad panic attacks or like me, I would throw vomiting up vomiting at the airport. Yes. You like, you learn what makes it better, I guess. A lot of people live with anxiety, but like it's really hard to explain to somebody. That's like, well yeah, I get anxious too, and you're like, yeah, but not like I do. Like it's hard to explain that to somebody and they're like, well, you know, why does it get that bad? And you're like, "Fucking, I don't know." Dude, <laughs> my brain's fucked up. That's why.
0: Huh. Yeah, I, I like the way that you explain it, the words that you use is very like it feels good to me. Like the way that you're able to explain it, I'm like, yeah, like you you know anxiety better than I do, I feel like.
1: I just I've had it for a long time. Yeah, you've
0: had it for longer, and it's like...
1: It's not a competition. <laughs> it's not like a
0: competition or anything, but it just, it like, the way that you're talking about it, it's yeah. like, it makes me feel like, yeah, actually, I think it will be okay.
1: Yeah, I think it does, yeah, yeah. Like, I feel like a lot of people, like, when we we're talking about, like, the masculinity thing and mm-hmm. telling your friends you love them, like, a lot of people don't know that, like, it's okay to not be okay. Mm-hmm. Like, there's everybody boys out cry. there. Yes, boys cry. I cry quite often, I feel like. Yeah, Um same. But yeah, like, everybody's going through shit. Yeah. You pass some millionaire on the sidewalk, you don't know what he's thinking.
0: True. He's probably, probably just as
1: stressed as you are or anxious as you are.
0: I mean, you're counting your fingers. He's probably just counting his money. I know.
1: <laughs> I count my fingers all day, the fucking lines on the road. I don't know why.
0: Yeah, that's crazy, dude. Well, I like that message. I think that's a good spot to leave it to end this you know just like things get better like uh like a lot of people live with anxiety oh yeah it and it always feels like you're alone because your anxiety feels so unique like yeah people live with anxiety but nobody lives with my anxiety No yeah nobody lives with the way way i do um and yeah i think that there's not one answer that's right for everybody Mm -hmm. whether it's like a specific type of ocd you have maybe that's going to be different than a specific type of ADHD slash OCD anxiety combo. Yeah, I don't know what I got <laughs> cocktail that I've got this mental illness cocktail.
1: Hey, they said I had it. That's what I've gone off for a long time.
0: Yeah. So I think, yeah, just trial and error, like take a drug or do some exercise or I don't know. I think uh, the advice fail faster was really helpful for me. It's okay to fail. That's where you're going to learn more. So mm-hmm. you're going to start learning what's not working for you and yep.
1: that, I learned a lot of that In the past You know X amount of years With jobs And Yeah I just talked about The other week Like I don't Fuck I don't know What I want to do With my life <laughs> I have a great job It pays great And I like my job But, but it makes me Claustrophobic But right? I Yeah But I gotta go under houses And crawl around rats And shit Yeah God I would not like that No it's not fun But yeah Like Things get better Even if you're at Your lowest They can get better and like talk to people, talk to somebody.
0: Yeah, dude. That's why I have this podcast, like just yeah. talking to people about their shit is cathartic Yeah, for me and it seems to be for other people.
1: Talking to people who also have the same issues or similar issues, you I feel like you learn a lot from. Yeah. Because this isn't something that you're just going to meet somebody and then just talk about. Totally. You're like, hey, how's it going? My name's Cody. Like I'm fucking, my brain doesn't work.
0: And I have issues. <laughs> yes yeah it's cool like the, the the validation aspect of this is really comforting
1: yeah everybody's got shit that they're dealing with true and nobody talks about it
0: it's always so taboo and i never really thought of myself as having mental illness and there's always like a
1: there's like a stigma behind that yeah like it feels dirty kind of yeah. to be like Ugh, have i'm mentally illness Ill. well, in my you know because mental... mentally ill was like was looked down upon in the past yeah it's like there's something wrong with that person
0: you associated with like the weird homeless guy that's wearing shreds walking around the street bouncing around yeah on psychedelics the dude
1: here who wears like 50 pairs of pants
0: yeah <laughs> have you seen him? that guy's <laughs> mentally ill yeah. like i can't be associated with that
1: yeah that's what people like used to and i still feel like even in my head like i know i have a mental illness like i have not normal anxiety everybody gets anxious mm-hmm. but mine's to the extreme for whatever reason
0: right like throwing up outside of your potential employer's yes, office
1: multiple times right
0: <laughs> yeah and i would say that I, like how you said your ocd is mild i would say that my adhd is mild mm-hmm. which kind of makes me hopeful or or like now nah, yeah. i'll just quit cold turkey my yeah. like adderall
1: yeah i don't i'm not like i don't go around saying i have ocd It's like, no, like a doctor said it, I can see some of the traits of it in my everyday life or my brain or how it works, Mm -hmm. but I don't, you know, I don't let it label me as that. Yeah. Anxiety more so, definitely.
0: I actually found a lot of comfort in having a label, but not because I wanted it to be labeled or put into a box, Mm -hmm. but because I had a starting point of what to do, Mm. like where to start doing research or what to oh yeah the conversations to have like oh yeah there is something to do about this and uh there's been research done there's medication out there there's solutions and uh yeah it's cool but it i mean it contributed it it contributed to a divorce it contributed to uh, it it contributes to fights a lot with my current girlfriend and sleepless nights and a lot of pain so
1: it's just stuff that you got to work through and a lot of it is, like, talking to people helps, but you also got to, like, talk to yourself. Yeah. A lot. I talk to myself a lot.
0: <laughs> Hello, my name's Ammon, and I have a more baggage than I'm aware of. <laughs> more baggage than I was ever previously aware that oh I God, had.
1: I know. I swear, sometimes it just keeps coming out of the woodwork. You're like, oh, God, I have other issues, too.
0: Great. I have that, too? Ah, oh, fuck. And then I thought that I was done with that piece of baggage but it, apparently not like it's still showing its ugly face
1: i know that was my abandonment or dad issues or whatever like just yeah. like a year ago all of a sudden i was like oh my god this bothers me
0: yeah crazy man i think that the the more you stuff it down <laughs> the more that it's like it, it, like it's the like, more violent it is when it comes out yes
1: yeah we uh yeah we did some um, non-prescribed drugs from the mushroom type at one point <laughs> and um and then uh i was crying on the floor mm. talking about my dad dude and i was like oh that is an issue that there i didn't actually there. know that i still had
0: yeah that psychedelics like big... unlock a lot
1: god do they yeah i don't i my anxiety won't let me do that anymore mushrooms <laughs> like i can't even like if we talk about it i start to like like get anxious about mm-hmm.
0: it yeah yeah
1: and I'm like nah I don't think so
0: yeah I've had a bad experience with it too and
1: I, There's, I I mean it's like that one where it's like like if you took Adderall and you're like oh maybe I like took too much or something mm-hmm. you'd be like you would know it but you're like oh this is gonna go away yeah the mushrooms you're like when the fuck is this going away
0: yeah it feels eternal
1: and it it's... cannot turn back from being bad right it goes bad and then you're stuck in bad land
0: yeah that's how it felt in my bad trip but then that was like, me. Yeah. but like it's it's fine like i yeah it, i came back yeah it's it ended it did end you yeah. know it felt like it was it probably lasted for maybe three hours the the bad part mm-hmm. like a mushroom trip is typically like six hours long or something
1: depending yeah
0: yeah and the first hours were like the first three hours were incredibly euphoric great so great but then it once it kind of like really sets in and then your brain gets all like overstimulated because i I think i just took too much mm -hmm. and then i just was
1: i think that's what happened to me too i
0: don't think i've ever had that bad of anxiety before
1: i was like head in the sand i had i i did like some things that i know to do now which is like when i'm super anxious i like both headphones in music where I focus on doing something else, Mm -hmm. like when I was freaking out, I'm like head in the sink, all the lights off, sinks on so I can't hear anything. Wow. And I'm like trying not to throw up. And I'm just like, okay, okay, okay. And then, you know, my wife's like, I'm having the best time of my life. And I'm like, (laughs) I'm dying. (laughs) So we're the opposite ends of the spectrum here.
0: Yeah, man. I I have done... Mushrooms again since then, but it's only ever been micro doses.
1: I don't think I. I don't know if I ever will again. Yeah, I, I think they okay. can be great.
0: Yeah, that's totally. I mean, it's totally okay. I I haven't really fucked with them in a in a in a bit, but yeah, it's like the new thing. It's this whole renaissance about psychedelics, and mm-hmm. people always talk about it. And
1: they're helping people. Too. It's legal yeah. here. Well, technically for medical use. Yeah. Right. They help people, definitely. Mm -hmm. They will bring shit up that you didn't even know existed. Yeah. Have you heard of hippie flipping? No. (laughs) That's like... (laughs) What kind of term is that?
0: So talking about uh, therapy and like psychedelics, um, I was reading this thing about... So hippie flipping is like the non... um, What is it called? Non-official term. It's where you... Take mushrooms and then you take MDMA. Oh God! So you combine the two. So mushrooms, they get they unlock all your brain potential or whatever. They give you this. Yeah. They bring up what's what you've been pushing down, mm-hmm. uh, but they can make you terrified.
1: And then the MDMA. And then the
0: MDMA gives you the emotional bravery that mm. the mushrooms don't offer. And so, in therapy, sometimes they'll combine those two. Like, they'll give you the mushrooms, and they're like, "Let's work through the shit. Let's work it out." And then, if the person, it's actually causing them more trauma because they just weren't ready emotionally to deal with what was coming up that the mushrooms brought up, Uh, they'll they'll give them some MDMA too. like that seems dangerous. Make it a make it a positive experience in the end.
1: Yeah, because I've heard of stuff that's like there are certain other drugs. That you can take if you're having a bad trip and mm-hmm. it will like negate all the effects of the shrooms mm-hmm. and like pulls you out of that. Yeah. I think it's more of the visuals thing that fucks with people. Mine that was mine. See, me. mine started bad because we have a really long hallway <laughs> and right as like visuals started happening, like if anybody doesn't know, when you eat them, cause we just ate them, we didn't do like tea or anything. Yeah. Your body's like, what the fuck is this? get this out of me. So mm-hmm. a lot of people will throw up when they eat them. Mm-hmm. So I started getting nauseous and I was like, Oh, I'm probably going to throw up. So I start to go to the bathroom and the hallway stretched for like <laughs> a mile. And I'm like, Oh no, these I are, these are, I took too much. So then I started getting anxious. Yeah. I make it to the bathroom and I'm looking at the toilet and then the toilet's getting farther away from me. And I'm like, Oh uh, fuck.
0: Yeah. It's really, really not recommended for people that have like, i guess like schizophrenia or Mm-mm. really bad anxiety issues. yeah anxiety
1: just... can it it will bring that anxiety out of you yeah
0: so you really have to like
1: you, got, you gotta deal know with your what you're for... getting into yeah because it can help i mean i know people that have taken them that were really anxious and it like they worked through some shit and mm-hmm. then they were able to like yeah i don't know do you ever get anxious
0: when you smoke weed
1: um i used to a lot like bad. I, yeah. I would get so anxious to the point where I didn't smoke weed for like three or four years because hmm. I was so scared of it. Yeah. Cause like that, I mean that was back then, you know, when you, I would buy, we like, we would buy whatever we could from whoever we could yeah. cause it wasn't legal. Right. But now that there's like, you can actually, it sounds so stupid. It sounds like craft beer. You're like, I found my strain, <laughs> <laughs> but but I did. I found the one that I like and so I, funny. I basically just use it for sleep. Like, I'll be winding down at the end of the night, and then I smoke, and then it relaxes me.
0: I'm curious to try your strain, because... Purple Punch. Oh, I've tried that one.
1: I love it. Yeah, I've actually had that one. I'm, like, very much (laughs) an indica person. Yeah, same. Sativas make me anxious. Yep. Because it gives me this weird, like... It's more of, like, the head high, not the body high. Yeah. I like indica, like, even hybrids, because it's more dominant, so I'm, like, relaxed. Yeah. But sativas, I'm, like... I feel like I did a bunch of crack.
0: I don't think I've ever smoked just a straight sativa crack. <laughs> it,
1: <laughs> it messes me up. I don't know why. It just gives me like it brings my anxiety out. Yeah, I think because like with indicas, it's since you they relax your body. It's more people say it's more of a body high. Yeah. Um,
0: Indica in the couch.
1: Yeah, and uh, I feel like sativas just bring out this like, it's like the control thing. I'm like, I don't feel like I'm in control of yes. what's going on. Dude, right now. Dude, hundred percent. And even though it's weed, you're like, this will be over in like 40 minutes.
0: Maybe what we actually have, we don't have anxiety. We don't have ADHD or OCD. We have control issues. Maybe we do. <laughs> we just like to be in control because at some point in our life, we were out of control. and It did not go well. No,
1: that is a big issue that I am working through currently. Yeah. Is control.
0: That's mm-hmm. why I feel like to My bring wife... it back to exposure therapy. I feel like yeah. if you just let go of control or or go into situations where you are not in control and mm-hmm. things go okay. Yeah, you you kind of like are training your brain that like I don't always have to be in control
1: My wife helps a lot with that because she's very much like go with the flow Whatever Mm -hmm. happens happens Mm -hmm. Like we went to mexico for our honeymoon and I feel like I had anxiety the whole time Dude, that sounds awesome. It was awesome. It was great. (laughs) Yeah, actually it was (laughs) This is like this is the most full circle shit here. There we go. We go on the so (laughs) We go i'm like good. We're going on the honeymoon. I'm happy we get to mexico spend one day there the next day is when the fire happened here oh. and it started a mile from my house oh and went north instead of south towards my house but i just get like a text from my mom and it's like hey your house might burn down tonight and i'm like oh i'm in mexico so i can't do anything about that
0: so that was a september last year Mm-hmm. dude i was in the in the Alvar desert <laughs> got a text from my mom it's her birthday she's like hey like everything's on fire yeah (laughs) yeah
1: so i get that text and we're on the beach like i got a margarita in my hand we're hanging out get the text like hey this big fire just started in ashland it's near your house the cops won't let me go to your house because we had like her wedding dress the the guest book everything from the wedding Mm because we left the night of the wedding basically and i'm like panicking
0: so now every time you go to a beach you're like
1: I'm like, my house is going to burn down. Oh, <laughs> well, my wife's like, it's okay. Like, and she kept saying what, what, like, not that it was her fault, but it's the thing that bugs me the most. It's like, oh, well, we can't do anything about it. Mm. And I'm like, that's the problem. Dude,
0: that's, the, she's the person for you, man. That's the exact type <laughs> of a partner that you need, that I need too. I
1: need the, I need the, she's, she's very like, oh, well, that's fine. We'll just
0: do this. We'll just deal with it when it happens. Like yeah. we'll cross the bridge when we get there. No wow. amount of worrying or anxiety is going to put the fire out.
1: Yeah. That's where my brain, though, is like can't. Maybe let if I go. think a little harder, I can if I worry think a little the fire harder, out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was that was that was rough.
0: See, I'm good in, in moments like that. Like if it's an actual dangerous thing, and maybe it's because of my firefighter training. But like that happened. So when the fires were happening, we were in the desert. Mm-hmm. Our landlords were like, "Hey, like we might have to evacuate." Taylor's like, "Oh my god! Like grab the fish, grab our cat. Like pull out all my clothing. How <laughs> am I going to get to work? If I don't have any clothes?" And I was like, "All right, Tay." focus like three things yeah three pick three yeah between the two of us like you get one and a half and I get one and a half yeah you
1: gotta pick the important I literally had to like I had to my my uncle used to live in the house that I live in now so I had to contact him and then I'm like hey do you still have the neighbor's phone number and he's like no but I have their daughter's phone number it's like okay cool I get the daughter's phone number I get a hold of the neighbors I'm like hey go fucking break my sliding glass door and get my safe out of my house please Mm. because it's just like one that you can pick up yeah and he's like what about the window? I was like, I don't give a fuck about the window. The house is going. <laughs> yeah. If you got to evacuate, break the fucking thing.
0: But your house didn't burn?
1: No, we're good. I was it's, like, the dogs aren't there. Fix the window. Don't have to worry about that. They didn't get evacuated, thank God. They yeah. were supposed to, but everybody could see where the fire was, and they're like, it's not coming this way. We're not leaving.
0: Yeah, the wind was crazy that day.
1: Oh, it was like, they said it was like the worst wind in a hundred years. Yeah. And then some power lines started the fire. Yeah, like, I've
0: heard so many different stories.
1: That's like the official. In Ashland, it started because a tree was too overgrown and it hit the power lines and it arced. Oh. And that's huh.
0: what started in Ashland. I heard somebody killed someone and then tried to burn their body or something. <laughs> there,
1: were, no, I think it was a homeless guy that was like <laughs> asleep. Oh, he just like burned. Oh, and I was like, that's terrible, dude. There were so, so many terrible. rumors going on though. It was like somebody blew up the gas station in Ashland. Yeah, I heard that too. I was like, and then we get back from the Mexico and everything's black. It's all burned. And We're driving by. I'm like, well, the gas station's still there. So yeah. What else is like a myth yeah, at this we're... point?
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, shit, man, I should probably let you go. I also have to pee really bad.
1: <laughs> I know. I've been holding it for a little bit,
0: <laughs> but thanks for coming on the podcast, dude. I, I appreciate it. Thanks for being so vulnerable.
1: Yeah. Sorry. Awesome. I mean, it was kind of all over the place, but
0: no, no, I think we stuck on track and it was everything I, everything and more that I wanted to talk about
1: men cry
0: yes men and boys
1: yes boys especially
0: yeah that was the tattoo on his hand it said boys cry which I just love
1: we should both get that tattoo yeah I don't that'll that'll be your first
0: one (laughs) on my hand yeah
1: (laughs) I've been yeah thinking about it I'm it
0: I'm in (laughs)
1: yeah we'll do it somewhere boys cry
0: all right cool well thanks man
1: yep